I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 211. Okay, I have something to talk about because this is something I did not know but recently learned. Okay. (laughs) I was listening to True Crime Obsessed. I get all the podcasts mixed up, but True Crime Obsessed, and they were talking about Talk Sweet, a documentary, I think. Okay. But it's about Warren Jeffs and the FLDS. Oh, well, I need to watch that because I'm obsessed. (laughs) Well, okay. So we know all the terrible shit. But I did not know that sometimes they would just kick out, like, teenage boys because the older men felt threatened. That doesn't surprise me in the least. Right? And so they would just, like, be like, all right, well, you have to go. Drive them off somewhere and just peace. And they're called the Lost Boys. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's awful. Terrible. I was gobsmacked over that. I never heard of that. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because, hello, they all want multiple wives and all the things. Yeah, and if there's like a young, attractive boy, they're going to be like, boy, bye. But like, those poor kids, how do they make it? Right. There was this one who kind of like, I don't know, he's like helping take care of the lost boys. So like, when that happens, he will take them in, teach them how to do certain things. Everything. Yeah. Wow. And I've been waiting to tell you about it because I know how you are about that whole thing. But, oh my gosh. I freaking love learning about cults and stuff. And especially, like, those religious ones like that that are just, like, this this one person that's everything like that. Like, he's still running it from prison. Right. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Also, I forgot you can't say cheese when you're taking a picture. You have to say talk sweet. What? Yeah. I'm surprised they allow pictures. Right. Well, speaking of talking. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Y'all, we have a new sponsor this week, and I'm super excited about it, y'all, because it is Babbel. The Babbel. (laughs) You don't know what it is? Well, we're about to tell you. Babbel's a language learning app that sold over 10 million subscriptions, y'all. Million. (laughs) And here's the thing that makes Babbel different. So it teaches you a language, but in like bite-sized lessons so that you can learn it in a better way because of the way that they teach it. Like it's in these small little sessions. Like 15 minutes. And then, but it's like shit that you can actually use in the real world. Like I know that every time I've done something that I'm trying to like learn a language, it's like like Spanish and it'll just be like, keep teaching me how to say milk. Oh my God. I literally was about to say that. It's like, okay, but like. Can you teach me some conversational stuff? Right, because I took Spanish in high school only mm, a year, and then I took Latin, which we all know how that turned out. I minored in it in college and still don't know how to speak it. Well, with Babbel, you would, because look, other apps use AI for their lessons, but Babbel was created by over 100 language experts, and it's been scientifically proven to be effective. And I think the coolest thing about Babbel is its speech recognition technology that it has, so it can help you improve your accent, your pronunciation, so you're not just saying these words and being like, oh my God, I'm doing so good, but you're not. We literally talked about this on the last episode when I tried to say something in Spanish, and we talked about my accent when I say the words. Mm-hmm. So look, y'all, we want y'all to start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. You can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash creep. 
That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash creep. And again, that's for up to 60% off your subscription. So one more time for the cheap seats in the back, babble.com slash creep. Well, good news over here, Colby got a new job, so he's going to be home all the time. I mean, he's not working from home, but like he'll be normal working hours and be able to be home every night because it's a local job. Yes. Yes, my codependency is so exciting. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like he'll have to work some weekends, but like how I have to work some weekends, you know? Yeah. Not like seven days a week, 12 hour shifts working like he was before. Right. So I am super excited about that. And I'm also super excited about Patreoners. So thank you so much, Mariah T from California. Carol A from New Jersey. Julie L from Tennessee. Andrew M from North Carolina. Kayla F. from Arizona. Meredith J. from Mississippi. Okay. Emily D. from Massachusetts. And Emily B. from Ohio. Thank y'all so much for joining Patreon. We hope that you are enjoying everything. All of the bonus content, wallpapers, Facebook Lives, all the things that you get. And if you want all the cool shit that they're getting, I mean, it's cool by my standards. Mine too and my standards are higher, so. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord, okay. Glad it's not bad weather because the lightning would strike you. It'd be fancy lightning though. (laughs) What's fancy lightning? I don't know. I just was because of my standards. Oh, okay. But it's it's stupid because uh, I can't afford nothing fancy. Lord, we know about that fucking chalk paint you had. Any who's it, back to Patreon. If y'all want that, go to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. So no surprise here, but my story this week is, you guessed it, a recommendation from the Facebook group. So thank you so much, Tina D in the Facebook group who posted this on the suggestion box post. Wow, that was a mouthful. Insert dick joke, Donna. (laughs) I was going to say nothing wrong with a mouthful. So this story, unless I just don't know how to look things up correctly, which is entirely possible, I couldn't even find a podcast on this, which was like really hard for my research. (laughs) (laughs) I did find one YouTube video on it, and it was by Doris Obama on, I don't know if there's any relation to the Obamas. (laughs) Okay, this is a story that I'm definitely going to butcher the names because they're Russian. I need babble. Right. Okay. This is a story about Karina Budachin. So Karina was an 11th grade student who was just kind of your typical high schooler. She lived with her mom. She worked as a tutor and was just like an all around good kid that was like really into arts. And she just recently kind of gotten into the rock scene. And according to that YouTube video, well, there's two things that I learned only from there that I never saw in any of the articles. But she said on that YouTube video that at one of those concerts is actually where Karina met Maxim Gladvowski. Now, Maxim was a little bit older. When they met, he was 19, she was 15. And they had a good time together. They would go to concerts together. They'd hang out together. But it seemed like Karina definitely wanted more. Just from like what I can gather, she was had told her friends and everything that she was like literally falling in love with him. Like she was like in it. But it seemed like Maxim was more like 
she's just this kid. Like one thing even said that he had a girlfriend when they first met, but she was just kind of like this kid that hung out with him that he, you know, was like, yeah, it's fine if you hang out with us. But also he's five years older than her, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things. But when you're talking about a 20 year old and a 15 year old, right? that's a big age difference or I guess 19 year old and a 15 year old, but still big age difference. Yeah. Also, Karina, I have been that girl. I get it. For sure, I get it. I mean, he could probably drive and, you know, that's about it. (laughs) Buy you cigarettes. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Maybe beer. (laughs) And I know I said that their names were Russian, but I don't think I said where it takes place. And this all takes place in St. Petersburg, Russia. So, one night, Karina was going over to a friend's house to study because, you know, the friend had better internet, all the things. Can you relate, Donna? I can definitely relate. Except for now, she's got the best internet because she's got the, what is it called? Fiber. Yeah. I almost said DSL. Oh, Lord. I you got, got those, those. too. <laughs> <laughs> so Karina was going over to her friend's house, and it was taking them a lot longer than it planned. So she called her mom to be like, hey, I'm just going to stay here until we're done. Just like wanted to let you know I'm going to be out super late. So basically, she was just going to stay the night at the friend's house because she was going to be out so late. The mom was like, cool, cool, but you need to be home at like 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure to like get up and go to school. Well, the next morning, Karina wasn't there. So the mom's like, fuck, where is she? Like, she hasn't come home. So she calls the friend and the friend's like, she didn't stay here last night. What? Well, the mom doesn't know this, but I'm going to give y'all a spoiler. Spoiler alert. Maxim had called Karina and was like, hey, we're having a party. You should come over. In total, there were just about five people at the party plus Karina. So six. It was four guys and Karina and one other girl that was Maxim's roommate. Never lie to your parents about where you're going to be because you never know what's going to happen. Completely agree. But was I guilty of it? Absolutely. But here's the thing. The friend that she left her house didn't even really know where she went. Oh my so gosh. that's if you're like, I get being a teen and not telling your parents everything Because they're going to tell you no. And you're like, hey, I want to go to this 20-year-old's party. And I'm not going to tell my mom because she's going to tell me no. Mm -hmm. Totally understand that. Don't do it. But I totally understand it. But, like, tell your friend so at least somebody knows where you are. Right. So they hang out because this is now January of 2019. So they've both aged and now they're 20 and 16. Aged a lot right there. Well, but I said 15 (laughs) and 19 and then I didn't want people to be like, she keeps fucking their ages up. But, like... (laughs) They had known each other for like... you said it. They've aged. (laughs) You get the point. I didn't want people to be like, God, she can't get their ages right. But like, really, it's been enough time since they've met. Yeah. (laughs) They've aged. So, Karina, she goes to the party. She has a good time. Because here's the thing, too. You know how I said, like, she's kind of fallen in love with him. And I just think he was like, she's like this kid, you know. She's very artsy and... He is like, Maxim's like, I want to be in a rock band. Like, he's very um, goth. Like, he reminds me like he kind of looks like he would be in that band Mayhem that we did the episode on not too long ago. Like, he would wear the makeup and like, he had his pants pulled down like Britney Spears in the early 2000s. Whereas like, (laughs) hip bones were sticking out. You know, like had the hair and the nails and the makeup. Very textbook goth. You know, but like want to be a goth rocker dude textbook. Well, hopefully he didn't breathe the dead possum or whatever they did. <laughs> it wasn't a possum. I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't a possum. Uh, oh, good one. Thanks. Well, I think it was like a, a bird. 
and he had a lot of influence over Karina. Like, she started dressing like him, and her mom wasn't so much a fan. Like, she was like, she's changing a little. Like, I'm I'm not about this. Like, like you really need to be careful. Not Don't really hang out with him. I don't know that she ever was like, stop hanging out with him. But she didn't like him. And I imagine it had something to do with the fucking age difference. Well, Karina decides that she's going to spend the night. And as the party's winding down, I don't know how this happened. I don't know if they told her to or to, like try to make her think that Maxim was going to come have sex with her. I don't know, but she decided to take a bath. While this was happening, the female roommate, because everybody left except for the roommate and this one guy, Yuri Majnov. So the roommate decides, I'm going to go to bed, check y'all later. So she goes to her room, shuts the door. Karina's in the bathroom taking a bath when the roommate says that she heard like some splashing, like a commotion. So she gets up to go be like, bro, everything cool? Like, what what are y'all doing? Like, I'm sleeping here, and I've heard it both ways that, that it was Yuri, but I've also, most of the articles said it was Maxim that was like, no, everything's fine, go back to bed. Like, we were just playing around. Was he naked in there? No. Okay. But what the roommate didn't know was that Maxim and Yuri were drowning Karina. What? Also, both of them were in there? Yeah, both of them were in on this. And just wait, there's more. Oh my gosh. They then got a kitchen knife and started removing flesh from her legs. What? They disemboweled her and just like cut her body into several pieces. Just mutilated her. Mm-hmm. Then I've heard that this next part is happened the next day, but then most of it seems like it happened like a few hours later. And it could have been the next day. True. Just with, you know, like it happened at 11, then happened at 2. Well, eventually the roommate wakes back up and she's like, what are y'all doing? They're like, oh, we're just having some dinner. You want some? No. And they were having like some meat, potatoes, and veggies. So she sat down and ate with them. No. Yep. Oh my God. She didn't know that she had just eaten some of Karina. That is, that is, that's a crime right there to do that to someone. That is disgusting on every fucking level. I, I have no words for that. So they took the rest of her remains and put them in plastic bags. They kept some of her organs in the refrigerator. What? But I don't know if it was like, like surely the roommate didn't know. So like, I don't know if they had it like in some sort of container or did she just think like, oh, they got something from the butcher. You know, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Because Maxim used to work as a butcher. So it wouldn't be so, I feel like, out of left field yeah. if he had something kind of like a weird meat in the refrigerator. Right. Oh my gosh. So they put the rest of her remains into plastic bags and dumped them in like trash cans in different places. They are the fucking worst. It's, it, this story is awful. It's a, it's a, I'm sorry y'all, it's a very short story, but it's a fucking horrible story so you know they cleaned up the bathroom so the roommate was none the wiser she had no idea she just thought hey karina stayed the night or she left or what the fuck ever like she just never saw her again and just assumed she left she had no idea what went on they cleaned up the bathroom really well and the next day when the mom's looking for her nobody knows where she is the friend knew that Karina had gotten a call, but they didn't know, like, where she was going or anything like that. 
Well, because Karina was underage, when her mom like immediately says goes to police and is like, hey, I can't find my daughter. She didn't go to school. She didn't come home. Her friend doesn't know where she is. They immediately start looking for her because she's underage. So stuff's going out on the news, all the things. So the roommate had seen her on the news and was like, wait, you know, she was just here. And I think kind of put the pieces together of like, wait, was she here the last day that she was seen alive? Oh my gosh, the pit in your stomach. So she went to police. But here's the other thing too that's like one of the worst parts of this story. And there are some bad parts. So for this, this is bad. In the in the in-between of the mom reporting her missing and the roommate seeing her on TV, the police had actually found some of her remains. And they had to do a lot of forensics to know who it was. And the only thing that they found was her severed head and arms. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the rest still has never been found because they dumped it in so many different areas. Oh, like, oh. But the worst part of all is after they found the remains and they identified them as Karina, Karina's mom found out about it from the news. What? Yeah, yeah. And so through the autopsy, they were able to figure out the cause of death. And they also figured out that it happened on the day that she went missing. So, you know, she wasn't, let's say, like held captive, tortured kind of thing. But the other thing was that they could tell that based on the cuts, whoever had done this to her was experienced. Oh, my gosh. And the medical examiner guessed that the person that did this was probably a butcher. Oh, in every sense of the fucking word. Right. So now flashback forward to when the roommate had gone to police. She tells police that Karina had been at this party. She went to sleep. You know, she tells them all the things. And they start looking up and they see that, wait, Maxim was a butcher. Like, this is, whoa. Yeah. Well, she also tells them about the friend, Yuri, who had stayed at the house too so he was there so they bring maxim and yuri in for questions so when they bring them in for questioning of course the two of them are like oh we didn't do anything and then they flip and try to blame it on each other of course classic well the police went and searched the house and they found some of her organs in the refrigerator so it's like you can't fucking deny this right so they arrested them both And they both ended up confessing. And they told police that the reason that they did this was because they were drunk and desperate to eat. And there was nothing in the house to eat. No. Yep. Now, I will say on the YouTube video I listened to, well, I I mean, technically, anyway, I was driving, so I listened. I didn't watch. Anyway, she said that when Maxim called Karina to invite her over, when he hung up, he said, the meat's on the way, but that's the only place I heard that or saw that. Oh my gosh. So if that's true though, it definitely shows a level of premeditation mm-hmm. because it wasn't like a, you know what, let's just do this, you know? Right. Also, didn't have anything else to eat. You have potatoes and a vegetable with it. Order a goddamn pizza or just go to bed. Oh my gosh. You're not on a deserted island, sir. The thought of the roommate not knowing and eating that? I would never 
stop vomiting. Mm-mm. I honestly don't know how you get past that. I don't either. I, I mean, I truly don't. I would never eat meat again. Mm-mm. I don't know that I could ever look at meat again. Like, I would be forever changed in a way that I cannot even imagine. Right. Because I know how I am right now after I got that terrible food poisoning mm-hmm. that, like, literally almost killed me and I had to have a pick line and foot surgery and all the things because of food poisoning. And it wasn't even chicken, but it was salmonella. So, like, I am so weird about chicken being cooked like duh everybody wants their chicken cooked but like if it's like it sends me into almost like fight or flight yeah and then like the other day colby and i went ate chinese and there was a piece of the red meat that wasn't cooked all the way and like i almost cried like it was because it sends me into like a like honestly i'm kind of tearing up like it because it affects me so much because i was so sick for months yeah I mean like I I had a pick line you know so like for her I don't know how you move past that Mm -mm. I truly in my bones do not know how you move past that no because I would think about it every single time I sat down to eat right if someone brings like yesterday at work a student went and got lunch where I think my food poisoning happened but I'm not gonna say anywhere because I don't know for sure and I'm not gonna bash somewhere but she, like, brought it in for lunch, and I was like, like, it, like, made my stomach jump. Yeah. And it's been almost three years. Yeah. That is, so again, like, I, I don't know how you move past that. Y'all are like, but can you move past this conversation? <laughs> so because they confessed, they were both convicted, obvi. And Maxim got 19 years, and Yuri got 18. Are you kidding me? Nope. Also, it says that they were sentenced to, like, in the Arctic Penal Colony, which sounds, like, very intense. Yeah. It sounds like a Russian jail. But basically, it's like a um like a, a labor camp. Like, it's like a work camp. Okay. So, it's not just, like, jail like it is here, it sounds mm-hmm. like. So, I don't know how terrible it is or not, but, like, they only got 19 years and they murdered someone. Murdered and then ate her. And then fed her to the roommate. And then discarded her like she was fucking trash. Like Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna tell you something that I probably should have said earlier. I don't really I think I may have said well I know I said trash, but I don't actually know that that's what that means in Russian. They called it skips. Well they first they said skips and I was like, oh trash can it but then they said lakes and skips and I was like are skips not trash cans? How did you think it was trash cans? Well, where else did they put her? Oh, well, they could have put her in water. Skips? Yeah, lakes like, and what are skips? Like sewers? Oh, I don't know. Ditches? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. And everything I Googled keeps talking about the war. So you gonna have to just tell me if I'm wrong or what they actually are. But, okay, so all that happened in 2009. They went to jail in 2010. In March of 2017, Maxim died by suicide. He hanged himself and left a note that said, I have finished my life in this body. The time has come to go away in order to be reborn as a new person. And Yuri will be eligible for release in 2027. Wow. I know. This is like such a compact story, but there's so much happening. So much. The fact that they did all of that and don't have multiple life sentences. (laughs) They should get a life sentence just for making the roommate eat those remains. Yes. Because either way, it's a premeditated murder. Yes. Like, if you're going through all of that, you've thought about this. Oh, absolutely. You have planned this out. Absolutely. They knew what they were doing when they invited her over. Mm Mm-hmm. This wasn't like a, 
while she's here, hey, while she's here, you want to murder her? No, that was part of the plan the whole time. Oh, and she was so young, 16, and just had a freaking crush. And you know, with her having a crush on him and him like coming in the bathroom, she was probably like, oh my God, he's making a move. Right. You know, so excited. And no, he's doing the worst of the worst to you. Yes. I just flashed to that point in Never Been Kissed when Josie Grossi is outside waiting on the prom date. Yep. And he comes by and hits her with an egg and his date did the same thing. Oh my gosh. Well, this is a little worse, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely worse, but like that's what it just reminded me of. Like her, yes. how hopeful she was and then how it all just came crashing down. Oh, that makes my stomach hurt. Yep. I don't understand people. I I just do not understand people. Well, I'm just thinking that your story isn't as gross as mine. I'm sure it's not going to be pleasant. Well, it's not pleasant, but no, not like yours. Why is it the first person that goes always just like falls to the wall? So let's just do a bad one. Must be all those vitamins we're taking. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) My segues. Chef's kiss. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Y'all, you know that I'm talking about Kara because they are back. And I'm still doing my Carrie's package. Taking my care of. They're taking care of you. Mm -hmm. Care of is taking care of Carrie. Oh, Lord. Y'all know we've talked about care of so many times because we freaking love them. It's daily packs of vitamins. But you don't get the same vitamins as I get, and I don't get the same vitamins as you get. Because you take a quiz, and you tell, hey, my joints suck. Hey, my immune system sucks. Hey. Why are you talking about me? (laughs) My best friend sucks. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, you really are talking about me. And you know what? They customize a plan just for you. And y'all know my favorite thing? It's delivered to you. You don't leave your house. Well, you go outside to get the package. And then you get to open it. Because it's subscription-based. And these are like high-quality, like I said, personalized vitamins, supplements, powders, all delivered to you every single month. And the little packages that they come in, we know we told y'all that they say your name on them. But they're plant-based, compostable. I mean, honestly, the packages are probably better for you than anything I've eaten today. Oh, same, same. It's got wood pulp, fermented blend of corn, kvassa root, sugarcane, all this stuff that is what your package is. So if they're taking that good care of the packages, you know the vitamins are good. Mm-hmm. What you get in your package? Let's see what we both get. Vitamin C. Hell no. That shit makes my bladder hurt so bad. <laughs> Don't get that. I mean, y'all can get it, but I can't get it. And this is why you take the quiz. Vitamin D. Yep. And the other vitamin D. They don't deliver that, but, you know, just had to say it. Do you mean the sun when you walk to go get your package? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, sun, maybe. Someone's sun. Wrong spelling. You get zinc? Yes. Yes, I do. You get fish oil? No. I do. Sucka. (laughs) I used to. So, see, look, it's totally individualized based on your needs. And you could change it. You know, with the quiz and being like, okay, I want this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, seasons change. Things change. We get it. Sometimes maybe you want prenatal stuff. Sometimes you want natal stuff. (laughs) (laughs) However those baby things work. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not a thing. You could have fooled me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so look, if you want 50% off your first care of order of $40 or more, go to takecareof.com. Dot com and enter code CREEP50. That is 50% off 
half off your first care of order of $40 or more, go to takecareof.com, enter code CREEP50 for that 50% off. And y'all know we're all about the damn deal. Okay, well, I'm dipping my toes back in your pond again. Girl, get up out my pond. Okay, (laughs) well, don't actually, because last week was really good. (laughs) But I'm like doubling down because I think I might have stolen a recommendation for you from the podcast group. This bitch! But they said... They didn't know who to send it to. Mm-hmm. So my name was there. Likely story. It was. It was a combo. And I was like, <laughs> she hasn't done it. I will. So this is a recommendation from Kayla in the Facebook group. All right. Picture it. Hex Hollow, Pennsylvania, 1928. And it's now known as Spring Valley County Park. But back in the day, it was known as Hex Hollow. And what I'm about to tell you is about the Hex Murder House. Spoiler alert, someone gets murdered. Wow, I would have never guessed that. (laughs) On November 28th, 1928, Nelson Raymeyer woke up to knocking on the door. He went to answer it and found three men he had previously had over the night before. They mentioned that they had left something there and they needed to check for it, you know, if Nelson wouldn't mind. And of course, he didn't. It was fine until it wasn't. The three men attacked Nelson and ultimately killed him. What? But how did we end up here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start at the beginning. Nelson Raymeyer was born October 1868. He was a potato farmer, and he was described as a hermit, but really he just, like, kept to himself. But not like, no one comes on my property kind of hermit. He's not a crotchety old man. He just is private. Yeah, he was just going to chill at home. Like he stayed in, but if he wanted to go out, he'd go out. Well, he had been married, but he was separated from his wife, Alice, for a few years when everything went down. But there was more to Nelson than just being a potato farmer. He was a practitioner of powwow. What is that you wonder? Let me tell you. It's a form of folk magic that's basically a hodgepodge of different things. It originated when the German population made their home in Pennsylvania. And powwowing is when someone would use like chants, rituals, charms, and herbs together in hopes of healing and helping someone. And now this was mixed with Christian beliefs too. They really believed in the power of the Bible and the teachings in there. Like one of the solutions for treating a fever is to have the person turn their shirt inside out three mornings in a row. I mean, meanwhile, a fever is usually gone in three days, but okay. <laughs> well, as they physically do it, they need to say out loud, turn thou shirt and fever likewise turn. I tell thee this in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. And it was believed on the third day your fever would break. I would never remember all those words. No, I'd be like, can you write this down? Write me my prescription, please. So anyway, all of that to say, Nelson was known for his powwowing. And I don't know if that's actually a verb, but I made it one. So now switch gears to one of the assailants. His name was John Blymeyer. He was born in 1895, so he was much younger than Nelson. He was like third generation powwower. And by seven years old, he was providing help via powwowing. He did become ill for a bit. And 
like no one in his family could help him. So they took him to a neighbor who they knew could help. And that was Nelson. So that was their first meeting. Hence why later he was like, sure, come on in. (laughs) Nelson did help. John was healed. He enjoyed his life. Everything was great. But he couldn't make a living by only doing the powwow. So he began working at a cigar factory in 1908 when he was 13 years old. But one day when he was around 17, he was leaving his job and he had a run-in with a stray dog that seemed to be rabid. The dog had been running around snarling at some of the co-workers, but John walked up, recited a little spell, and the foam from the dog's mouth stopped and he seemed to be instantly calm. So everyone was like, holy shit, John really is legit. John patted the dog's head and the dog ended up being his companion on the walk home for several blocks. And it seemed to be, you know, just harmless healing and helping, much like he was used to. But after that interaction, John's luck changed. He became ill again. He couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep, and it got to where he couldn't even practice his magic anymore. He was sure that he had been hexed by someone who was jealous of his early rise in the powwow world and just how well his life was going. But like TBH, his life wasn't like amazing and he wasn't like renowned for his powers or anything, but you know, John thought he was. But to remove a hex, you have to know who placed it there. So John was determined to figure out who it was. And one night at midnight, to be exact, there was an owl outside of his window and it hooted seven times. Now, seven is really what gave John his answer. He was like, huh, this is my great grandfather who hexed me. What? Why? (laughs) Not sure. Probably because he was jealous, I guess. I don't know. But remember, John was third generation powwow. And to top it off, Jacob, his great grandfather, was the seventh son of a seventh son. And so those seven hoots, very, very revealing to John. Okay, like, was he dead? Why did he care? Yes, he was dead. Then why did he care? I don't know. You are asking me questions that I don't know. Well, ask him. <laughs> he did. Well, he can't call you? Yeah, let's do a Ouija session and Hell see. no. Okay, then. Well, John knew that his great-grandfather was dead, Carrie didn't, but he was like, look, I can't fight against a spirit, so what I'm going to do is move away from the land, and Jacob's spirit wouldn't be able to reach him. And so he did, and it worked. His luck began to change. Fast forward to John finding the love of his life, Lily, and them expecting their first child. But sadly, the baby died soon after childbirth. Oh, God. And same with their second child. Oh, God. With this, he was like, oh, my God, I am hexed again. And he became obsessed with finding out who hexed him the second time. And he was blaming everyone, even Lily, his wife. Why would she hex him? Right. So much so that she was scared for her life. She ended up having John committed to an asylum. And while he was undergoing treatment, she filed for divorce. Shit, she's serious. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, 48 days into his treatment, John just walked out of the asylum and no one even batted an eye. No search parties or anything. He went back to his life and started working at the cigar factory again. And this was in 1928. And it was there that he met some other people who believed they had also been hexed. One of his co-workers was a 14-year-old 
named John Curry. Like I said, he was 14 years old, but he had lived a very hard life. His father was abusive and his mother turned a blind eye to his harsh treatment. He was sure he had been hexed or his house cursed by an evil spirit that was causing his dad to be so hateful. And so since they're both named John, I'm going to call John Blamire, Big John, Young John Curry, Little John, okay? Okay. Not to be confused with the Jungle Book. No. Not, I mean, Robin Hood. Yes. Okay. I knew it was an animal. Uh-huh. Y'all should have seen my face. I was like, And I was in my cuss. head, I was going, Little John and Robin Hood walk. And I was like, <laughs> I straight said Jungle Book. And I was literally singing the song in my head. God. God, I'm the worst. <gasps> Although, one of my coworkers today did say, I'm all about that bass, about that bass. No trouble. Oh, Lord. I said, no, I don't fucking know lyrics, but I know that ain't right. <laughs> oh, my God. A bass and a treble. Hoy. Well, the next person he met, he wasn't a coworker, but he was a local farmer. His name was William Hess. He was having issues with his wife and his farm. They had been doing great until two years ago when all of a sudden their crops failed and then cows stopped producing milk and shit just kept going downhill. With such a sharp turn of events, they were sure that they had been hexed, but they didn't know what to do about it. But good thing they found John Blymeyer, Big John, because he promised that he would find an answer to all of their problems. Oh, just like he did his own? Okay. Well, because he was like, I know who to talk to. I know where to find that we could get this worked out. Not like he was going to take it on. Not like he was going to cure it, but he knew how to get in touch with people who would. He's going to have his people call their people? Exactly. Okay. So he went on the hunt for someone to help, and he found the River Witch of Marietta, a.k.a. Nellie Knoll. She was a well-known powwower in a nearby area. He met with her multiple times, paying each time. So here's the thing about Nellie Knoll. She was a powwower, but she also practiced dark magic. Uh And so he was like, I'm going to go to her because she'll know exactly what I need to do. And if she doesn't, like, she'll find a way. But also, she saw him as an easy target. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to find out who's doing this. Oh, that's all we have for this time. Come back next week. You know, and so he really did go multiple times. She hinted around that she believed she knew who it was. And he was very powerful, all the things. Well, finally, on the last visit, she said it was Nelson Raymeyer. And John was like, huh. I mean, he helped me when I was little. Like, I don't think he would be doing it. And she's like, yes, he, it's him. And I'm going to prove it to you. So she had him hold out his hand and she placed a $1 bill in it. And when she removed the bill, there was a face in John's palm. And he knew that face. It was Nelson Raymeyer. Now, I heard also that she made him look at the dollar bill, like George Washington, and the face like morphed into Nelson's. So I don't know which one's right, but let's just say he believed her. And she was like, told you, this is like, I told you, this is what you paid for. Mm-hmm. And she gave him instructions on how to break the hex. He would need a lock of Nelson's hair and his copy of The Long Lost Friend. Let's be honest. Of course he believed her because he's how how much money deep now? Right. And also a lot of the sources were like, he wasn't so smart, like book smart and everything. So he was an easy target. So The Long Lost Friend, it's a book written by a Pennsylvania Dutch healer named John George 
Homan. And it's like a big spell book that was super important to anyone who practiced powwow. Like they believed in the Bible, but then this was like their powwow Bible. So he would need to burn the book and bury the hair. So Big John, he went back to his friends, Little John and William Hess, and told them what he had found out. And they were going to go visit Nelson and take what they needed. So the two Johns went to Nelson's old home, but that was where his wife lived. And she was like, look, he lives at, insert whatever the address is, But he's probably over visiting his girlfriend, which he was, but the men waited by his house, just out of sight. When they saw him arrive and a light turned on, they went up to his house. And it was close to midnight. I mean, personally, I would be like, the fuck? But Nelson welcomed them in. And I guess when you're a healer, you're like always on call. So it wasn't an odd thing. Well, they talked and Nelson didn't really remember John because it had been a long time. I mean, Nelson has healed a lot of people, done a lot of things, but that was something, you know, like, oh, okay. I know, I knew your great grandfather, Jacob, who hexed you, but you know what I mean? Like they had something to talk about. And then also they talked about powwow and you know, all the things. And they talked for hours, but nothing ever came of it because John was like, shit, Nellie is a powerful son of a bitch. Like, not only is he powerful in powwow, but he is like bigger than I thought he was. Like, you know, he's bigger. He looks like angrier than when I knew him as a kid, you know, which duh, everyone's older and whatevs. But he was like, oh, no. mm -mm." So John never made a move. And little John took that cue didn't do anything either. So finally, Nellie was like, look, you don't have to go home. You can actually stay here. It's super late. So, you know, stay here, but I'm going to bed. So y'all can stay up talking, but I'm going to catch some Z's. Well, the two Johns stayed and in the morning, Nelson cooked them breakfast and they were on their way. On the way back into town, because Nellie, you know, lived out in the middle of nowhere because that's what like medicine men do, right? Anyway, on the way back into town, John was like, oh, I know what we need to do. He's going to be too powerful for us to just go in. We got to like sneak attack him. So they went and bought some rope. They like, you know, went and cut it all. You know, they were getting everything situated. Then they made their way to the Hess farm and recruited Hess's son, Wilbert. They again waited until late and went over to Nelson's house. Here's where we were at the beginning. Remember, they Mm -hmm. knocked, Nelson answered and invited them inside. So they entered the house. That's when Big John demanded, like, give me your book. And Nelson's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Which just incited John Moore. So the other two men grabbed Nelson and little John, he began to tie the rope around Nelson's legs. It went round and round with some brutal hits. And it's believed that Big John even wrapped the rope around Nelson's neck and began choking him while the other two were kicking and hitting Nelson. Oh my God. John Curry, the little John, he picked up a heavy piece of wood and hit Nelson multiple times in the head, causing him to bleed. And they kept attacking Nelson until he drew his last breath. They then tore apart his house looking for the book and also ended up taking any of the money they found because they were like, oh, it'll look like a robbery, which it was very little money. And doesn't hurt that they get a little cash out of it. Exactly. Well, before they left, they set Nelson's body on fire, (gasps) thinking that it would spread, eventually burn the entire house. And then, you know, like, I mean, this is back in the day, but like no evidence, no body, no crime, 
all the things. However, the house didn't burn. It survived the fire and people believed in Nelson's powers even more then. And that's why it became dubbed the Hex Murder House. Now, one source did say that they believed Nelson wasn't completely dead when they set him on fire and he was able to like roll around and like put himself out. But I didn't see that anywhere else. So I don't know. But fast forward two days later and a neighbor of Nelson's heard his mule making noise and he was like, oh shit, something has happened because he knew Nelson took very good care of his animals. They were never hungry like this mule is sounding now. So he went to check on Nelson and he discovered Nelson's body and that sent shockwaves through the town. Well, of course, when Alice was told about Nelson's death, she was like, hey, you know, two men were asking about Nelson just a few days ago. So they were brought in, questioned, and then charged. They were found guilty, the two Johns of first degree murder and Wilbert of second degree. So John Blymeyer and John Curry both received life sentences. Wilbert Hess was given a 10 to 20 year sentence. And at the time of the murder, John Blymeyer was 33 years old, John Curry 14, (gasps) and Wilbert was 18. They were so young. Why was I picturing like 35 year olds? (laughs) Right. And I believe the others were remorseful. But John, Big John, he was happy that the hex was broken. He was just like, I had to do what I had to do because I was hexed. And so he was like, when Nelson died, the hex is broken and it was worth it. They were all released before they served their full term. John Curry and Wilbert were released in 1934. And then in 1953, John Blymeyer was released. Didn't you say they got life? Yes. Okay. So they got the Russian version of life, 19 years? Basically. Before we go any further, we got to talk about our friends over at the Murder Diaries podcast. Right. Sorry for the interruption, but it's worth it. Y'all, you know what? Okay. The hosts are Natalie and Paige. You fucking know what? They met on Bumble BFF. Did you know that was a thing? I did not know that was a thing. (sighs) Donna's probably about to make an account. Look, I got two BFFs. That's all I need. Who knew that was a thing? But look, they both swiped right, instantly bonded over tacos and true crime. Okay, never mind. I got new BFFs. I mean, is there anything better? Mm -mm. They wanted to taco about true crime. Oh, fuck my life. (laughs) Paige, Natalie... Want a new bestie? Hear me. Please save me. Well, that's how the Murder Diaries podcast was born. Every single week, they tell one true crime story at a time. And their big thing is giving voices to the voiceless, humanizing and sharing the stories of true crime victims. They want to spread awareness about unsolved cases. Well, that's what they say. But let's hear what some of their listeners have said. Here's one review. As a family member of someone that has been murdered and the case has gone cold, I appreciate podcasts like this that gets the victim stories out to make people more aware of cases they may not have known about. They do it in such a respectful way, and I've really enjoyed listening. And one more review they have, it says, I could listen to Paige and Natalie all day. The way they tell a story makes me feel like I'm literally talking to them, and they're pulling the words right out of my head. I recommend them to all my friends interested in true crime. They release new episodes every Thursday, and it's available on all the podcast platforms. So be sure to search, subscribe, everything to The Murder Diaries on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
wherever you listen. And look, they do it better than us because you can also find them on TikTok and Instagram at the Murder Diaries Pod. And seriously, they might not have known each other for as long as Carrie and I have, but they have really good chemistry. So check them out, the Murder Diaries Podcast. And let them know a paranormal chick sent you. Now, the Hex Murder House still stands today. And on thelineup.com, it said that in 2007, some of Nelson's descendants opened it as a museum. But you can't always go inside. There's hay rides that they do around Halloween where they tell about the history and Nelson's life and murder. But inside the house, though, they have, like, started setting up some of it as a museum. But there's pieces of furniture, like, original pieces. Damn. Yeah, like his sofa. And then there's this place in the kitchen that has glass on the floor. Because right there, you can see the charred floorboards (gasps) where they burned Nelson's body. Now, the Hex Murder House is also said to still have a resident, just not a human resident. Locals believe that the woods and road around Nelson's house are haunted too. Car batteries are said to, you know, completely die mysteriously near the house. And people have seen a dark shadowy figure move through the trees and along the road. And they believe it to be Nelson. Also, it's said if you throw rocks or pebbles at Nelson's home, they'll be thrown back at you. Who throws rocks and pebbles at people's houses? Right? Like, why would you do that? Stupid kids. Stupid kids. What do they think? They're Jenny from Forrest Gump? (laughs) You know what that reminded me of, though? Monster House. Like, the house also attacking you. Yeah. That was a really good movie. Anyway, there's also been spotted a black dog with red eyes that roam the land. And I think that's popular along with magic and everything. Like, it's a spectral being. So, it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole Hex house. But others say it's not Nelson, but instead different spirits. There was a tribe, the Sasquahanak. Hopefully, I didn't butcher that. And they were local to the area. And they called the place where Nelson lived and the land surrounding that the bad ground and they would banish their criminals and mentally ill to that land. I learned that from a website called roadtrippers.com and the user who talked about that went into the woods and they did see a shadow figure that was walking towards them and then vanished. They had things that poked them but nothing was around and they even heard some Native American music and they caught some EVPs. Now Nelson's murder was the first like hex murder. But after that, it kind of became like a hex panic. But multiple people with any ties to like practitioners of powwow, they would be entangled in some kind of drama. Like it really became like satanic panic, Mm -hmm. but it was this hex magic. And there were quite a few people who lost their lives dealing with all of this. But I really wanted to focus on Nelson because he was the first, I guess. And because of this, I think they, other people were like, oh, well, if that's how you get rid of the hex, let me do it too. Yeah. You know, and like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Blah, 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 blah. But that is the hex murder house. Sheesh. Can you imagine though, like living your life thinking that you're hexed? Because maybe we are. I mean, you know, you think like, oh my God. When it rains, it pours because that's legit. Like, you're just like, what else is going to happen? Because so much. But I mean. I've definitely learned you don't ask that. Because right. then more happens. Yeah. They're like, oh, <laughs> hold my beer. I'll show you. You thought that was bad. <laughs> yeah. What's behind door number two? I just wonder too, like, how much is it? Because like, all right. So I uh, recently learned 
that some of my like expecting the worst is just part of my anxiety, which mm-hmm. I mean, duh, but like, I don't know. It was just how it was worded that I was like, oh, that makes total sense. On a TikTok? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, I wonder how much of this heck stuff really truly is a little bit of mental illness, like with anxiety. Like this is a very simplification of it, but like anxiety or something like that, that it's right. like, no, it's, it's not a hex. Like you just bad shit's happening. Right. I mean, I feel like you could be hexed just like you're like, Hey, I'm sending good vibes your way. Like I'm thinking about you. Oh, all the absolutely. Things. I really believe in that. Oh, I do too. And so I also feel like yeah, you can have bad vibes sent your way. But if someone has ill intent and they're like trying to manifest this bad shit for you. Yeah, I think that's true. But also, do I think he was hexed? No. Yeah, but I also don't think that you like, you have to know who did it to you or you can never get rid of it. I don't know about that. And if that is the case, I don't think it's like a dead relative doing it to you. (laughs) I don't think you would have to know who did it either. I think it would just be more like, getting a protection spell or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm, fuck, I'm I don't going know either. To the craft. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to think about. Like, Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't know either, but it would literally, I feel like, be impossible to find out mm-hmm. who who had it out for you. Right. Because it's not like they're, like, sneaking in the background, like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I just pictured the gif of the witch, and she's, like, in the cellar or whatever. Yes, like, I don't think it's like that. Yeah. I think he had bad luck. He made poor life choices at some point. He became obsessed with all the negative stuff. And so when you fixate on that, it's gonna, like, that's what you see because you don't see the good things. And he, like, drove his wife away. He, you know, so yes, they they had bad things happen that was beyond their control. But then he took it, like, five steps further and made it worse. But he couldn't take responsibility for that. And so it's like someone else's fault, you know, because he was so great and he was so this and he just couldn't see the truth. And like, why would Nelson, who was so sweet and so like he was well known as being a healer, had healed John before, you know, all of these things. Why would he hex him? He didn't even know him. You know, he wasn't like, oh, it's y'all again. Like he didn't fucking know him. He doesn't even go here. Yeah, I guess maybe when you're just at that point where you're like panicking because you feel like you have this hex, it's like, it's a free-for-all. Any and everything, I mean, if somebody says, no, I think it's this person, you it's like a conspiracy. Yeah. You can reason it to where it's like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know? I definitely believe that there's like the dark arts and all of that that can, like people can manifest and use shitty like that so i'm not saying i don't believe in hexes but i don't believe in everything as far as like having another person blah 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 blah. yeah i get that well like because your girl karina she had the worst happen to her and she wasn't hexed right she just had shitty fucking people around her exactly like the worst poor thing i feel so sorry for her mother her mother her friend you know, you know you have to feel guilty, but there's nothing to feel guilty about. Oh, absolutely. She didn't do she didn't do anything wrong, but no. I completely understand if she felt guilty. Like I would too. Yeah. But like you said, there's nothing to feel guilty about because you couldn't stop her from doing anything. I mean, she was a girl in love. I right. mean, you know, she she trusted him. Well, you know what? Her mama knew. Her mama had a bad feeling about him and she was right. I know. Oh. 
Well, y'all tell us what y'all think about the hexing and everything. Could you ever move past that meal? No. I'm I'm still not past it. I know. I know. I know. Well, y'all let us know what you think. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.